have a Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for Solomon. We thank you for saving him and calling him as an evangelist and giving him many young men to equip in evangelism. Lord, we, we pray you would protect all the evangelists, the, the young men and the young women that are called to share the good news and to equip others to share the good news. Lord, we pray many would come to know you through their efforts. Lord, we thank you for Wendy. We pray that you would give her wisdom in these difficult um, family situations. Lord, give her boldness, give her insight, give her courage. And Lord, we pray that, that women would experience a, a level of, of freedom and, and blessing and protection that, that maybe they would not have experienced if, if Wendy had not um, entered their home. And so, Lord, we ask for mercy. We ask for your, your kingdom to come in a, a greater way. And Lord, we pray for your help as we jump into this subject on spiritual gifts. Lord, we, we thank you that every single person who has been saved by you, whether they are the youngest in the room or the oldest in the room, has gifts from you that you intend um, to be used for your glory and for the good of others. And we pray that this series would, would produce that effect in a greater way. And we ask for your help and we ask this in your name. Amen. Well, this morning we are beginning a new series on spiritual gifts. This is one of my favorite subjects um, as a pastor, really as a Christian. Before I was a pastor, this is a, a favorite subject. In sports, if we're playing basketball, my favorite position is the point guard position. And the reason I like that position, whether I'm playing or watching, is because it gets everybody involved. And so when we jump into the subject of spiritual gifts, we're going to see it is God's design that everybody, every single Christian gets involved with the gifts and abilities that God has given you. And through the Bible, by the Holy Spirit, my big prayer by the end of this series or even by the end of the day is you will be convinced that God has gifted you and he's going to give you opportunities to use those gifts for the good of others and to strengthen his church. That's the prayer. That's the hope. Now, if you're not familiar with the letter to Corinthians, it's a wild book. It was a wild church. It was a very um, gifted church in all kinds of spectacular gifts um, that we'll eventually get into in this series. Um, but it was an immature church, and so they, they seemed to have fought with each other a lot. They were, had divisions, at one point, they even receive instruction to not get drunk while they're taking communion. Um, they had issues, right? They had lots of issues in lots of different ways. So I want you to imagine if you're the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul knew these Christians very well. He lived among them for about a year and a half. You can check that out on your own in Acts chapter 18. It talks about how, the, how Paul connected with the Corinthians. But I want you to imagine that you know of a young, immature church that's very gifted. 
Miracles are happening. Incredible things are happening. But also immorality is happening to a degree. Fighting is happening. They're misusing spiritual gifts at times. And in many ways, it's like um, just spiritual toddlers all over the place. Sometimes very happy, sometimes doing great things, and sometimes just making an absolute mess. If you were the Apostle Paul, how would you write to that church? What are the first things that come to mind? So you're going to bring some instruction to them. What would you say to them? We're going to be in chapter 12 through 14 today, but before we get there, I want you to consider the introduction to Corinthians because the introduction really sets the tone for the entire letter. Listen to what he writes as he's thinking of this young, messy, gifted, sometimes divisive local church. I give thanks to my God always because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you await for the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Why I love that introduction, and if you read the entire letter, you'll see there's was, there was problems. There's real problems. Why I love the introduction is because he starts by pointing out the grace of God that's at work among them. He's, he's pointing to the fact that the very gifts that, that might be, they might be proud about came from the Lord himself. He points to the final day where they're going to meet with the Lord, that they're going to be guiltless, that all the mess is going to be dealt with, cleaned up. They're going to mature. They're going to grow. And he's giving them faith. One of the things that I love about 1 Corinthians is many scholars refer to this as an, an occasional letter, meaning they believe that uh, the Corinthian Christians, some among them, maybe the more mature among them, or uh, the, the less mature, we don't know, wrote the Apostle Paul a bunch of questions. And they wrote to him on all kinds of subjects. Hey, Apostle Paul, can we eat meat sacrificed to idols? Is that okay to do? Hey, Apostle Paul, what about this subject? And so if you read 1 Corinthians, you, you'll see this repeated phrase called now concerning. You'll see those words now concerning, and then a new subject will begin. 1 Corinthians 12 through, through the entirety of 14 is one big unit now concerning spiritual gifts. So you can imagine, we don't have those letters. They have not been pre preserved. But they would have asked questions like, what, what gifts are more spiritual? What is the purpose of the gifts should we just shut all the gifts down because it seems like people are just fighting among them? What about these gifts that seem unusual to us, like speaking in other languages or having revelations from, from God that no one knows except the Lord himself? What do we do with all that stuff? And so we're eventually going to get to all of that in this series. But we're going to start with his introduction to the subject. So today we're just going to go through chapter 12, verse 1 through verse 7. And if you get the weekly 
uh, newsletters, it, it has gone a bit further as I was working on it. Um, there's no way we're going to make it any further than verse 7. So pulling back a little bit, the eight-week series became a nine-week series yesterday. <laughs> so let's look at the introduction because just like the Corinthians, we too want to be biblically informed when it comes to spiritual gifts. That might seem like an obvious thing if you're a Christian. You're like, isn't that true of every subject? Shouldn't we look in the Bible and see what it, it says? Yes. But the reason I think this subject's particularly important, I think it's one of the subjects, maybe the top of the list, that your personal experience, whether you want to believe it or not, really shapes how you believe and practice and pursue the spiritual gifts. If you've had negative experiences, you might have an aversion to certain spiritual gifts. If you've had no experience, you might think, oh, well, maybe they were just gifts that were given a long time ago, but they're, they're not for today. And what I'm asking all of us to do during this next nine weeks or so is to be shaped by what God's Word says on the subject. If you agree with me on that, just remain seated. Good job. Thank you. Point one, we must be biblically informed when it comes to spiritual gifts. Look at verse 1 through 3. So the questions are, the Apostle Paul, what about spiritual gifts? And here's what he says. Now concerning spiritual gifts. That literally means uh, gifts of God's grace. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. The primary makeup of the church in Corinth was non-Jewish Gentiles who, who came to faith in Christ. And so they, were, they had all kinds of false gods they worshipped. They had physical idols that, that helped them in the worship of those false gods. And Jesus has saved them out of that. Verse 3, Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one says Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're thinking about this subject and you're thinking about spiritual gifts, you might think verse 3 seems a little unusual. Why, why would he begin the subject by talking about, hey, if someone says Jesus is accursed, not the Spirit, someone says Jesus is Lord, it is from the Spirit. We might think, well, yeah, that, that makes sense. That seems very obvious. Well, what seems to be happening here is there were people in the Corinthian church who were ascribing things to the Holy Spirit that were not the Holy Spirit. So what he's, he's bringing, and it seems like this Jesus is a curse thing was one of those. And he wants them to know, no, if someone genuinely is born again, has God's Spirit, and is speaking by the unction of the Holy Spirit, they're not going to say something that is contrary to the truth about who Jesus is. And we're going to see that more in a moment. But to get our gears turning for this subject, one of my favorite pastors on the subject of spiritual gifts is a, a man by the name of Sam Storms. And listen to what he says about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are nothing less than God himself in us, energizing our souls, imparting revelation to our minds, infusing power in our wills, 
and working his sovereign and gracious purposes through us. Spiritual gifts must never be viewed deistically as if God is out there somewhere, has something to to, has sent something to us down here. Spiritual gifts are God present in us with and through human thoughts, human deeds, human words, and human love. I think that's helpful to think about, that spiritual gifts are, is God at work through his people. We're going to see sometimes those gifts are, we might put into the spectacular or seeming miraculous category, and sometimes they might seem very normal, common things like the gift of administration or the gift of helps. But for God's people, whether it's someone praying for someone and they are healed or someone planning a large event and administrating it with great skill, if the purpose is God's people doing things for the good of others, for the glory of God, both are spiritual. Both are God at work. And we're going to see that more today and in the weeks to come. In our statement of faith, under the doctrinal positions, we have a statement about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And this is what is written. All believers, so if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, this includes you, are indwelt by the Holy Spirit upon conversion. The Holy Spirit desires to fill each believer continually with increased power for Christian life and witness. And he imparts his supernatural gifts for the edification of the church. That's the building up, the strengthening, the making healthy of the church and for various works of ministry. God has not ceased in displaying his goodness and power through spiritual gifts. And then a qualifier, no genuine outpouring of the Spirit will ever add or, or contradict Scripture in any way. If you've been around churches for a while, we would fall into the group of Christians, Protestant Christians, who believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, they continue. They have not ceased. And so the ones we read about in the book of Acts or the ones we see in Jesus' day and the, the things, the miracles that the apostles do, we believe they continue and they're to be pursued. And that is a good thing. Now, remember what I said a few minutes ago. Our experience, negative or none, may really stifle our belief in, in these particular gifts. And if you've been around Christianity for a while, um, all the different gifts that we're going to look at have been misused at times. They have been twisted. They have been distorted. But we, that doesn't mean they're not real. And that doesn't mean they shouldn't be pursued. And so we want to understand it from God's word and what he tells us to pursue, we want to pursue. What he tells us to use, we want to use. What he tells us to seek, we want to seek. And we're going to see all of these different things in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. And this would be a great series is as you have questions, send us emails, get, let's get together. You can get together with any of the pastors. We'd love to dialogue on this subject. But the, the push from Scripture is that God gives gifts to his people to be blessings for one another and to help in the mission of the good news of Jesus Christ.
whether it's in Indiana County or on West Africa, wherever we would be. We want to pursue the gifts. So let's get into the, the content here of verses 4 and beyond. Today, everything I have in my notes, I, I've kind of wrestled over these a number of times. It, it seems really obvious. There's nothing real profound, but it's kind of like um, you know you should eat healthy food, and you know it's good to exercise. We know all that stuff, but that doesn't mean we do it. This is kind of in that subject. So God's given gifts. I want to persuade you that he's given you gifts. And here's the obvious point number two. We must pursue and practice the spiritual gifts that we have been given. So we want to ask God for gifts. And he gives us gifts. But we need to use those gifts. See, you could be super gifted and never use the gifts that God has given you. Um, my kids run, and, and if you're a member of the church, you're like, ah, another running story. Well, this isn't actually a race story. This is just like a, a leadership thing. This is a great leadership thing. So their coach, Coach Peters, one of his common phrases, and he's been coaching for about 16 or 17 years, he often says there's no, nothing more common than wasted potential. There's nothing more common than wasted potential. And you can imagine from a coach, or you could be a music teacher, you could say the same thing, year after year, watching very gifted either athletes or musicians who don't use their gifts, who don't cultivate their gifts. And I think probably most coaches or even music teachers would have students in mind that they might have been the most gifted that's ever come through their classroom or their team, and yet for whatever reason never used their gifts and ability. And so one of the one year, you know, every coach has a, a slogan for the year. The one year was um, be uncommon. So there's nothing more common than wasting potential. Be uncommon. Well, as Christians who have the Holy Spirit, who have gifts, we don't want to waste those gifts. We don't want to waste them on seeking our own glory with those gifts. And we don't want them to lie dormant. We want to use the gifts that God has given us for his glory. So we want to practice the spiritual gifts. Look at verse 4. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of services, but the same Lord. There are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each, to each member of God's family is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So when you turned from your sins and trusted in Jesus Christ, you were forgiven. God's Spirit came inside of you and made you alive. You were adopted into God's family and you were given gifts and abilities that were meant to be for the blessing of others. So the question that we're going to be considering throughout this series is, what are the gifts God has given you, and how can you use those in an increasing way to do good for others? And I know many of you are using those gifts. But some of you might, if you're honest, you might be thinking, I don't even know what I'm good at yet. 
I don't know. And, and you don't have to be young to have that answer or that response. You could be thinking, I'm just not sure how God has gifted me. So we're going to get into all that. But let's look at some of the other places in the New Testament that both Peter and Paul write about spiritual gifts, just to get our gears turning a little bit more. Uh, this is in Romans 12. There are, depending on how you categorize them, there are about four gift lists in the New Testament. Um, none of them are meant to be comprehensive or exhaustive. They're just to get, I think, God's people's gears turning, that these are broadly gifts that God gives to his people. And they can be run a whole range of abilities and responsibilities. But here's a, here's a pretty comprehensive list. Romans 12. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, so he's using the human body as an analogy, and the members do not have the same function. So my pointer finger and my ear, two different functions. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Different parts of the body are connected to one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. He gave us gifts. We're to use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. If service in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts in his exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So even on that list, he takes us a bunch of different directions. Now, some of these might just look like natural human abilities that, that people have, Christian or non-Christian. And to some degree, they, they can be. But what happens when you become a Christian is they, they get empowered by the Holy Spirit. They get magnified. They, they increase. Listen to Peter as he talks about spiritual gifts. 1 Peter 4. As each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another. So Paul's telling us to use our gifts. The Apostle Peter's telling us to use our gifts as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So we have been given gifts and we're to use those gifts. So you might be thinking, how do you know what gifts God has given you? Well, I think that one of the best ways to discover these gifts is just to start serving somewhere. This could be in the formal local church uh, ministry context or it could just be in your community um, helping something that is good, something you have a heart for that involves blessing people, doing good to others. And as you volunteer and as you get involved, you will quickly discover what you are good at and what you are not good at. For example, if I came, if you're interested in joining the worship team, you go to our website, you fill out a form, you can join our singing side of things or you can join the technical side of things. So if I filled out those forms this afternoon after church and uh, Jason replied to me or Aiden replied to me, or Ron, who uh, leads our tech team, replied to me. 
they might be nice and they might say, yeah, well, come into your know, rehearsal or come into the sound booth and uh, show us what you got. So I'd come up here first and I'd pick a guitar up or, I'd, or Jason might just, as a music teacher, might say, hey, can you just sing a line of this song that we sang this morning? And then he would kindly say, uh, why don't you check out the, the tech booth? Um, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think that's your spot. So then I go to the tech booth and Ron, who knows me well, and we're good friends, one, he probably wouldn't let me in there, but once I'm in there, uh, he would say, well, here's the soundboard. You know, can you hear music? Uh, no, I can't hear music. Do you have rhythm? No, I don't have rhythm. Are you good with computers? Not really. Um, so then I would leave and he would gently say, you know what, it just doesn't seem like your spot. Then I'd run into Bob Ryder, who leads, Bob and Debbie, who lead our greeter team. Hey, what about welcoming people as they come to church? That's my spot, Bob. I, I would love to do that. And see, what happens is you have a heart to serve, you get involved, and you will, you will just naturally, through kind, honest, loving friends, uh, you'll find your spot. But the heart is to get involved, to do things that are a blessing to others. And, you know, at times you can think, uh, you know, what do you do vocationally, whatever you do as a job, that, that may or may not be in your, your, your strengths and gifts. A lot of times it is, sometimes it's not. But you'll know you gravitate towards things. And as you seek the Lord, and I would really encourage you to seek the Lord, ask the Lord, how have you gifted me? And then talk to other people. And oftentimes, I know this is the case in, in my life most often, is other people see things that I don't see. And here's one of the other wild things about the spiritual gifts. It's not like you get them necessarily all the moment you become a Christian. We'll see later on in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul tells us to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that we may prophesy. So the implication there is you can ask the Lord for gifts that you don't have yet. And he is abundant and lavish and he'll just keep giving gifts particularly if your heart's motive is to be a blessing to others. And so we want to seek the Lord. But I encourage you to ask the Lord and then serve the Lord. I remember as a college student, when I first became a Christian, Bob Santos, um, who's a local leader and a good friend of mine, he, 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 he was the first guy that I've ever been in a Bible study with. I couldn't even like read most of the words in the New Testament. I knew how to read, but they, they're just not words that I used in my life. And I remember sitting in a Bible study with three people, nervous wreck, sweating. I, I didn't even like reading the Bible aloud. And then eventually he would give me opportunities to do stuff on campus. And I remember um, the first time he asked me to speak, he said, I'd really like you to speak um, at one of our meetings. And I'm like, I don't know, Bob. I don't, I don't think I want to do that. Um, but I, I had a heart to serve the Lord, I had a heart to tell people about Jesus. And so I remember I worked so hard on my, I think this is my first sermon ever, which I called um, Moses, the Apostle Paul, and you. That was my sermon. And um, from the Old Testament and the New Testament, I worked so, I worked for hours and hours on this thing. I remember I got up, uh, I think Mary, my wife was there, and a couple other people maybe in the room, and I, and I spoke for about 10 minutes, and I, was, I had nothing. I was like, Bob, I think I'm done now. Um, and so it didn't go real well. I remember another time he told me, when you teach, you don't seem to like have a, 
a passion for what you're teaching about. And so I was like, oh man, I don't, I don't know. But he kept giving me opportunities and then other people did. And so he saw something that I could not see. And then I remember Steve Murphy, who um, was one of my first pastors here. He really wanted me to be a small group leader. And I really was resistant. He would ask me, hey, what do you think about it? And then he asked me, wait a couple months. Hey, what do you think about it? Uh, still thinking no. Um, and, uh, and then he asked me one more time, what do you think about it? Uh, okay, Steve, I'll, I'll do it. Um, and he, he saw people abilities in me that I didn't see. I didn't know I had. And part of it was I was so people aware that I was just a nervous wreck in front of people. But as I began to think, well, Lord, I'll, I'll just take the next step. Then gifts and abilities began to grow that I didn't know were in there. Well, that didn't come from me. That came from other people seeing things that I couldn't see. You're in a church community with lots of people that can see things in you that you cannot see. So as we're in this series, pray, seek the Lord, ask Him, and then ask others what they see in you. See, spiritual gifts are given to be practiced and pursued. Not for our own glory, not for our own benefit, but for the Lord. Now, there, there may be some reasons why you're not using your gifts. Maybe you, you're thinking, I know what my gifts are. That's not the problem. The problem is I'm not using them. Here, here's some categories or reasons why you may not be using the gifts God has given you. First, maybe you have been hurt by others in the church and you become disillusioned and consequently you, you're sidelined. That's a real thing. That happens often in Christianity. And if that is you, I, I am genuinely sorry that has happened. That has happened to me at times where I think, oh, maybe I'll just go like live on a mountain by myself. Well, with my family, not by myself, but without any other people and just kind of sit there and sulk for a while. And then when I feel better, I'll, I'll come back out. That's just not the option the Lord has given us. He bought us with a price, and so he wants us to use our gifts for him. Maybe you just feel like you've been overlooked, sidelined. You're just shelved. You're like Moses when he had that 40-year hiatus or Joseph where he just gets forgotten in prison, you just think, man, I just got overlooked. Well, it's in those kind of put-on-the-shelf times that I think the Lord does some of the best things in us. And so when we're sitting out there on the shelf, you can still be praying to the Lord. You can become super familiar with this book. And as the Lord does things and, and knows that, that He's placed certain desires in you, for his church and for his people. Just keep reading, keep praying, keep seeking, keep talking to others and just watch what he will do. Maybe you feel like you are just out of gas. You are tired. You once served the Lord with great energy and passion and excitement. But as you look back, that, that's getting further and further away. My prayer for all of us it's not that we would just use our gifts and abilities now, but we would all finish well. We would all run really hard, particularly at the end of the race, at the 
end of our lives, we would be like, remember Caleb in the, the Old Testament? He, you know, he was 85 years old. He's like, I'm as strong as I was when we first got into this land. Um, we don't have a picture of him, but it seems like he, he probably was still pretty muscular at that time. Too. He was fit and thriving in the Lord, and he was finishing well. So if that's you, if you think, I'm just tired. And I look back and I did all these things. May these few months when we're going through this, Lord, would you revive me? Would you help me to reprioritize things that might have gotten out of whack? And may I finish well. May I run this race harder and faster than I did when I was young. Remember, it's spiritual gifts given by God's grace, empowered by God's Spirit. So your body might be betraying you in many ways, but God's Spirit's in you. And it's like a, you know, if you put a, a sail up on a large sailboat and a, a fresh wind comes and just catches it. That's my prayer for all of us during this series. Another reason people get shelved is because you have made sinful choices. You've rebelled against the Lord. You've chosen sin over Jesus. And you've gotten all entangled in it. And so you can't fruitfully serve the Lord right now because you, you have two masters and you keep going back and forth. Well, may this series be a time where you come clean before the Lord. You confess your sins to the Lord and to others. You ask the Holy Spirit to help you turn. And then you become useful and fruitful for the Lord. He loves, loves, loves to do that. See, God has given us gifts that we're to use them and to pursue them. Final point. This one will be brief. We must pursue and practice the spiritual gifts for the good of others. Motive is everything. We do this for the Lord. We do this for the good of others. Look at verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. God gives gifts to be a blessing to others. I mean, you, you probably have heard others say that you, the church of Jesus Christ, a local church, should be like a hospital where people come in and they come in messy, they come in wounded, they come in injured, and they're revived and brought back to life. I think that's a great picture. But if you've been in a hospital lately or ever in your life, think about all the different people that work in a hospital. Not just the nurses and the doctors and the anesthesiologists. Think of the, all the massive administration that goes into it. Think of all the, the, the helpers. Think of the, the people that, that take you back to the room. Think of the people that clean um, the building. Think of the people that prepare the food for all the patients. If you, if you think through a hospital, there are so many different abilities that have to be functioning all at the same time. Well, the church is to be like that. When you think of a church, just don't think of a guy preaching. Think of the whole body, young and old, male and female, given gifts and abilities to play a part in the common good, not just for people that belong to a local church, but for the community that we're in. God has given us gifts. And now I want you to think of the hospital image. Now picture we are mobilizing. So we are leaving this building and we're going out 
into our county and beyond. That's the picture of the New Testament church. It's not come and see. It's go and tell. Let's show people the love of Christ, the power of the living God. So we want to come and gather on Sundays, and then we want to go out throughout the week into your neighborhoods, workplaces, wherever you are, using your gifts and abilities for the glory of God. So some of you are great prayers. You, are, you intercede for God's people day after day. Keep praying, especially during this time. Pray more. Those who serve, keep serving. Those who have the gift of mercy, keep being merciful. Those who have the gift of helps, keep helping. Those who are generous, be generous all the more. Those who lead, lead with zeal. Those who teach, teach accurately. Teach with a heart for the Lord. Teach with a heart to see people transform. Those who are gifted with evangelism, go for it and bring others with you and watch the Lord bring people from spiritual death to spiritual life. Those who hear prophetically from the Lord, seek the Lord. Ask the Lord to speak to you. And ask others for input as you're doing that. And be bold. See, part of using our gifts, no matter what they are, it takes a risk. So even if you have the gift of generosity, and you feel moved to give money to a total stranger. That, that's a risk. You're going to step out and be bold. You want to share the gospel with somebody. You got to take a risk. If you're going to serve, you may have to rearrange your schedule. You may have to give up some things you enjoy. If you're, if you're just unsure what to do, you have to be vulnerable. That, that takes risk. Help me, Lord, show me and use your people to show me. That takes risk. So for the next Nine weeks or so, we are going to be stirring and seeking the Lord on this, in this area of spiritual gifts. And my prayer is that there would be real joy that would come as you use your gifts the way God has intended you and gifted you to use your gifts. You're going to experience great joy. So let me pray. Let's all stand. And if the band could come up. Father, you sent your son Jesus to live and die and rise from the grave on our behalf. Holy Spirit, you're in us. You empower us. You equip us. And Lord, as we sing this final song, would you speak to your people? Would you motivate your people? Would you give gifts that, that are new? Would you increase gifts that are already present? And Lord, may we be different because of what you're doing in this time in the history of this local church. And may we be different because it will be a blessing to others. Lord, would you please fill us all freshly with your Spirit. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.